The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I read the news today, oh boy. man who made the grade And though the news was rather sad Well, I just had to laugh I saw the photograph He blew his mind out in a car He didn't notice that the lights had changed A crowd of people stood aside They seen his face before Nobody was really sure if he was from the house of I saw a film today, oh boy The English army had just won the war A crowd of people turned away But I just had to look Having read the I noticed I was late Grabbed my coat, grabbed my hat Made the books and seconds flat By my way says and I had a smoke 
Somebody spoke and I went into a dream Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour plays um, Kyle Flint, a Secret Service agent on uh, Tyler Perry's uh, political drama series, The Oval, on BET. Uh, He's been in a lot of other stuff, too, just uh, recently... um, the Discovery Channel's first-ever shark competitive docu-series, Shark Academy. Um, His name is uh, Brad Benedict, and he joins me by phone from Hollywood. Hi, Brad. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, fun to listen to the introduction, and already just the memories start flowing back from (laughs) Well, some of these fun projects. You've got Shark Academy, and and then you're a Secret Service agent uh, in the Oval, um, which is kind of a primetime soap opera about the the White House. Um, do you just like being around sharks? <laughs> yeah, the shark, the, my shark obsession. Yeah, I guess I'm in that that political shark world, and and literally swimming with the sharks. I mean. 
my my real life obsession with sharks became it came when I was really young. My family goes to this. Uh, we go to Hilton Head, South Carolina. That's our our beach getaway that we go basically since uh, you know every year since I was a kid. And I caught my first tiny little baby shark surf fishing and you know oh, six wow. incher. Uh, when I was just probably six years old, and and I think as a little boy, when you see one of these these mythological apex predators, um, you kind of it just develops this fascination. And then uh, as I'd grown up, or as I grew up on the beach, that became my kind of thing. Every year at the family vacation, I'd catch a bigger and bigger shark, and up, you know I was catching six footers off the beach and wrestling them and tossing them back wow. and and. Uh, you know, my, my desires with that actually have changed a bit after I did Shark Academy. And I've always been a lover of the animal, but I, I learned so much. And even just that kind of shock of being caught and thrown back in with sharks specifically, their stress hormones, it can uh, it doesn't always end up well for them. So now um, I, I just have a lot more of a desire to help the conservation effort, whether that's tagging, if I'm going to do any surf fishing, tagging these sharks uh, and kind of get updating the records in the fisheries or, or things like that. But, uh, but yeah, my, my, my shark obsession is, is grows deeper every day. And, and now I realize that honestly, the kind of cause that I want to move towards for humans is saving the sharks because our oceans obviously are, are so immensely important. And, uh, if you take out the apex predator, uh, like a shark, it, it carries down. Ultimately, you know, we lose our phytoplankton, which pr- produce 50% of our breathing oxygen. Um, then we're in real trouble. So, so it's a real issue, 80 to 90%. I didn't even expect to go on this long, uh, <laughs> speech here, but I, I do want to, you know, just start with that 80 to 90%, um, of the shark populations of the world are already wiped out you know a lot of that's long lining and finning and, and just kind of bycatch um and over 100 million sharks a year so there's already a lot of negative uh repercussions that we're seeing from from the decimation of sharks and you know one of my favorite movies of all time jaws the the, the first blockbuster um, you know, that, that ultimately had a negative impact on, on the animal, and uh, so it's something they're still kind of having to to fight back and get straight, but yeah. Okay, well, bef- I think before <laughs> before we went on the air, we were talking about your, your one-bedroom apartment and how you pace around when you talk on the phone, and, and you were, you know, thinking you needed... Uh, more space. How many times have you said in that apartment, Brad, we need to get a bigger boat? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I literally, I think I literally quoted that, uh, like three days ago. Yeah, I mean, I've been in this, in this same one bedroom apartment for, I think September 15th, I hit, I believe will be nine years. And, and I don't know if, you know, everybody's familiar with rent control who don't live in cities, but uh, sometimes you get lucky and just the, the city ordinances or the, I don't even know what, what the causes it anyway. So I, I have rent control, so they can't up my rent like crazy. And so I'm paying this tiny little, uh, tiny little monthly payment. And, uh, but I'm ready to move, man. I am, I'm, I live in here with, uh, my beautiful girlfriend and our cat, but one, one little space gets to be a lot with not, no, not very much sunlight. You know, this was my starter place. So I think I'm ready to graduate to a big boy house now. Where did you grow up, Brad? 
grew up in Norcross, Georgia, so it's about 20 miles north of Atlanta, and spent every Christmas in the, in the same living room, and uh, I still spend every Christmas in, in with my family in Georgia, but uh, they, they recently moved out of our family home like five years ago to, up to the lake, um, Lake Lanier, which is the closest big lake community to Atlanta. Um, but yeah, Southern boy, went to University of Georgia, studied finance there actually, and I played on the tennis team, and we, we were at 2007 NCAA champions, so tennis is a, a huge part of my life as well. That was kind of my childhood, sharks and tennis. Um, Brad, I have to ask you, you actually studied finance, and you still became an actor? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, believe me, it was a crazy time in my life, so I, I was... I studied finance because, you know, like a lot of kids, I didn't, I had a lot of ideas of what I wanted to do. I always loved nature. I always loved performing. Um, well, you play guitar, too. I, I played guitar. That Yeah, that was a, that's a skill that I'm still developing. I actually have a, a, a charity or a kind of a benefit gig in Electra, Texas. In two weeks, we're raising money for a hundred-year-old theater, so I've been brushing up on my music. The did you, did you do garage bands and all that stuff coming up? Yeah, so I, I played with that a little bit, but in 2000, let's see, I moved to L.A. in 2008, and I think it was the end of 2008, I was doing one of my first movies. It was, it was actually a, a cute little Christian film called Letters to God, and um and I got a small role in it, and then I re I saw that this this movie was doing a competition for songwriters, and if your song won, that it, it would get placed in the movie as part of the soundtrack. And I had never written a song before, but I had, you know, I'd scratched some ideas down. I'd never recorded, certainly. And I just wish I had that kind of oomph that, uh, that I had when I was a kid telling this story, you know, back at 23, because I just said, hey, I'm going to go figure out a way. And I asked a friend, and they asked a friend, and I got set up with this young producer who's one of my best friends still today. And the next thing you know, I had a produced song for this movie, and it, it didn't end up winning, but that turned me, you know, turned a page in my life. And I ended up, I think that year we recorded like 12 tracks, and, and I've never released any of it or, or anything like that, but it was just... Uh, Really cool to see how you just make one kind of crazy decision. I'm going to go for it, and you finish your project all the way through, and then good things happen. And that's always been kind of how it's worked for me. Is if I need a boost in my career or life, like first fitness and nutrition are, are, are huge for my just day to day headspace. Um, but finishing a, a, a tough commitment always it's crazy. It, it just I don't know what energy is out there or how it's all connected. But when I put my, my mind to something and I finish, uh, it usually within a couple of weeks, something kind of career life-changing seems to pop up. And I don't know if that's because when you carry yourself with that, um, you know, that confidence and pride and, and you're putting in the work, if it just slowly translates, you, your auditions get a little stronger or your energy is better, or if it's something more that, uh, you know, the gift of the heavens, I don't know, but... It's, it's a great lesson in just saying yes, uh, being a, a bit of a yes man, and then a finisher. That's the number one thing in L.A. If you're a finisher, you can find your way into the business. More with actor Brad Benedict from The Oval, straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom What are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen. We just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam? Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi. 
www.consumerprotectionnetwork.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with actor Brad Benedict from The Oval, straight ahead. The show, The Oval, is uh, is it in its second season or third season? So our season two finale is coming up on this Tuesday at 9 p.m. on BET. And, uh, yeah, so we, we've shot our, our third season already. We shot season two was the second show, I think, in the world to come back after the during the pandemic we shot last august i believe do you know offhand um, so what the first one was what the first one show was yeah to come back after everything well, shut down for it, the it, pandemic it, i believe you know and it's a big world out there but i believe tyler perry's other show sisters which is we we always kind of shoot um right before or after them so he has another show sisters that premiered the same night that we did or same week rather and uh, they shot just before us, and then we went in and to the bubble right after them. So uh, there might be some other ones out there, but he kind of created the model, I know, for a lot of the Hollywood um, studios out here just with his testing. That's one of the things I love about Tyler Perry so much. He's, he's become a friend over the years. It's my fourth project I'm working on with him right now, but, um, but he's an innovator and a go-getter, and when people say something can't be done, that's his trigger to go and figure out a way to get it done. And I think he did that last year, and he kept us all at work, which was amazing. We had oh, almost, I think we had 377, maybe almost 400 people in the bubble. So he built like a little motel, essentially, on this air, on the military base, which is now his studio. And I actually, with the other actors, we got to sleep in quarters like... Um, uh, for officers, and it just so happens that in the 1970s, my grandfather was living lived in a house two doors down really? from where I was staying. Yeah, because uh, my grandfather was a two-star general in the army, and uh, and yeah, it was wild. So my dad came after season two, I think, and was able to go through the house with me where his dad lived uh, some 40 years ago. So pretty special, and. Uh, yeah, just wow, I, I just try to learn from. That's from that. an amazing, uh, amazing coincidence or small world thing or or something. I, I was going to ask about your connection to Tyler Perry if that was a Georgia thing. Sort of, yeah. So I I got rep, reps, you know, agents out in Atlanta. I don't know, probably seven years ago, maybe. I I had moved out from Atlanta to Los Angeles to get into the business right after I graduated college in 2008. And, um, and then Atlanta started to kind of turn on right as I left. And ultimately it was a great decision for me to come to LA, just the relationships and and also being off on my own and kind of having to survive, I think is really underrated. But, um, I was able through my, my manager to get connected with a, an agent in, um, Atlanta. And so I would do these self tapes for years sending them to the Atlanta market to just try and get any, you know, any job I could. And, um, I would never hear anything. It was just like, you, you felt like you're sending these tapes into oblivion. And now the whole business has kind of shifted to self tapes because of, of, you know, the world and everything. But anyway, so, 
I uh, had an audition come in. I was literally at a rehearsal with friends for my class, which was, you know, trying to get better to get a job. And I had this audition for Tyler Perry, and, I, and it was a rugged trucker. And the role, I just, like, I, I didn't feel like that guy. You know, I don't see myself as this rugged trucker guy. And so I was going to pass on it, and they, they had me say the uh, words out loud, and it just kind of flowed out of my mouth. So I said, all right, all right, I'm going to go get it done. It was a long, late night, and I just, <laughs> you know, taped, taped it. And that literally changed my entire life. You know, it, it was everything. Um, that relationship with Tyler has been immense for, for my career, my life. And, and so Brad, it's I can't wild believe how you, things work. I can't believe you wrestled sharks but didn't think you could play a truck driver. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. <laughs> I, was I, like, was, I mean, I guess maybe that's the thing. Sharks make me feel maybe they, they toughen me up or something. Um yeah, it's uh, it, it, you just get so jaded. Um, I don't know if that's the best word, but when this business will beat you down, and I see how it, it is a long game in a lot of ways, and it was eight years of tough work before I got my first opportunity to be on you know a series regular role when did, on the show called Too Close to Home. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And um, well, and and also uh, you were in um, the thriller Broken Halos. And yeah, you so that, that was a. I was. Go I ahead. was going to also. Uh, you were in the rom com uh, Love on the Rise, and you did yeah. NCIS and Glee. Yeah, so there was. A, I got to do a lot of fun TV shows when I was first coming up and trying to get get some resume builders, and so I did a lot of fun shows that. I remember, I think one of my first little one line speaking roles was on 90210 and it was a remake of a nineties show, 90210, which my big brothers and sisters would watch. And my parents didn't want me to, cause it was too risque for them, but it was so <laughs> much fun to co come out to Hollywood and get to, you know, get to get to be on that show, um, in the new, you know, the new edition of that. And, uh, I think I did probably, I don't know, close to 20 shows where I did just a one episode um, guest star. And so it was kind of cool to go from that. And kind of you get to a point where you think this is this is the best I got. Like, how am I going to make that jump to where somebody's going to trust me to really, really do this, to really kind of be a part of, of an actual show? And uh, The Oval is an ensemble cast, which is, is great. Um, but it's yeah, I want to ask you about that. When when did that show originally premiere? Um, because you said it was one of the first shows to come back uh, or to start yeah. shooting after everything shut down because of the COVID nineteen pandemic. And and I uh -huh. I want to find out when all that came together. And and I want you to talk a little bit more about this this bubble idea. Um, how how secure yeah. was it? What did um, how was it set up? I mean, obviously it sounds like because you had access to this, uh, military base that yeah. you could close everybody off, but, but did you have to be tested for COVID? Did you have to take the vaccine when it became available and all that to, to continue to be part of sure. your ensemble cast? Yeah, so as far as like the vaccine part, um, season two, there was still no option at all for that. And season three, 
we shot, it was very early this year. So that was just becoming a reality as well. So no, nobody was required, but uh, we'll see. I know a lot of productions now when you, when you audition there, they have a requirement for um, most, most of the staff members. I, I, I don't know. I can't remember the exact terminology, but a lot of productions are going to, to require it. Was the, like whole a, cast, a, was the whole cast and crew, Brad, then uh, basically quarantined? Yeah, so it was, I, I kind of loved it, to be honest, just the circumstances weren't great, but the, it felt like we all called it kind of like camp. It felt like big, yeah. you know, grown-up camp. So, uh, the second one, we'll say, just because it's more fun, we, uh, he, well, I go okay, first bubble that we did uh summer of 2020 um so we had gone to to atlanta everybody had flown in from wherever they are new york la miami and we were going to get ready to shoot season two and i think it was march 9th that i flew to atlanta and then i believe it was like march 15th two days before we or or 14th maybe uh before we were going to start production that uh the world kind of really, really, really shut down. And yeah, because that, that was right about the time when New York was just inundated with cases and, uh, you know, the whole country started closing Exactly. Down. Um, it, and exactly. that was, um, now was that season one or season two? No, that was season two. Season one we, we shot... Um, I believe it was May, I think, of, of 2019. Okay. I had I had, had a, a pretty tough time, actually, after my first series, Too Close to Home, ended. I, I thought that was going to be kind of that job that I had for five, six years. And, and uh, we had really good ratings, but we were on a network, TLC, that's only done um, unscripted stuff. And so it, it just didn't end up. I don't know what what happened behind the scenes, but that didn't work out. So I had about a year and a half where sounds I like, really didn't work. Brad, it sounds like maybe it just wasn't a good fit for that network, and vice versa. I think that's what I'm saying. I think that that had something to do with it. Just just the it was a little bit of an experiment with that part, and so um, some some aspect of that experiment didn't work out. And I still have you know fans still right. Uh, somebody made a post daily trying to get a, get the show back or at least do like a two hour movie to wrap everything up. But, um, but yeah, so it just, uh, went, uh, from there, a, a tough, a tough little time of it. Um, and I actually like thought I was going to get out of the business because a year goes by, it can really mess with your head when you, you, you're at the highest of highs and then just, you're in a different level at that point, you know, so then jobs, it's just a whole new game. And so I picked up a financial planning job, uh, thinking I was going to go back to my finance roots and just have something safe. And, uh, it wasn't meant to be. I, re- I remember my, it was my, my birthday. I was with my family actually in Hilton had the place I talked about. And that day I said, I'm going to, I'm going to recommit. Like I'm going to have to go and tell these guys this, you know, that this financial planning thing is not going to work out. And even though, you know, I, I worked almost 10 years to get to this point, like you lost your job. Now you go find another one. It was within four days of that mental, true mental decision and that commitment to recommitting that I got a a call out of nowhere from Tyler for our second project. I did a 
six episode guest star arc on a show called if loving is wrong of his, but that kind of set everything back into motion. And, uh, that was the, at the end of 2018. And then I got a random call, uh, a direct offer for, for love on the rise, which you had referenced uh, rom-com. Yeah. And, um, and while shooting that, they, the producers had a movie uh, that psychological thriller broken halos, which was starting, a week after the rom-com and this was in, in uh, Myrtle beach, South Carolina where they were shooting. And so they decided that they wanted to cast me as the lead in broken halos. So I went from doing the second lead and in, in uh, love on the rise, which was my biggest movie uh, kind of acting job to date uh, as far as carrying the movie. Uh, then I went on to be the number one guy in broken halos and, and that, experience i think when you are finally forced to be on stage you know you have the production kind of relies on you and your performance to a degree it changes you Uh, it's not about always about the huge project that everybody's going to see or or the most expensive budget but just getting to feel that energy of being the man uh, it shifts something and so I, I finished those two movies and just really felt like I had taken a step forward as an actor and as a professional. And, and, and then I was sitting at the gym. You know, I liked to go to the gym and read at the smoothie bar before my workouts uh, when you could do that. And uh, I got a random text from, from Tyler and uh, he told me he was writing a new show, The Oval, and, and that he had this, this role, this uh, sexy, sadistic kind of crazy former Marine turned secret service agent to the president. And, um, you know, I still had to audition, but that that's when the oval started. That was probably March of 2019. And then within a couple months, we shot the, the whole first season, 25 episodes all in one, one bang. And, and we've been marching on ever since. So yeah, we have season three in the can and, uh, and hopefully we'll do 10 more because it's a unique show. We shoot at like lightning speed. Um, that's part of Tyler's thing is he's, he's developed this way of shooting that, um, especially with the soap opera nature of our, you know, and the kind of the over the top nature of our show, uh, we can get a lot done in a, in a short amount of time. So, so within, within a month you're shooting, your whole season and then you can go back and go back and start auditioning for other shows. So I know some people who are able to be leads in, in one of his shows and, and a whole nother production altogether and, and make it work. So it's pretty cool. Is, is that really a lot more possible now that there are a lots of uh, streaming choices and, mm-hmm. and lots of cable choices for getting shows aired and and also a a bigger audience that's likely to camp out for for a cable series or a streaming series i think so totally um when i was kind of getting into the acting business i thought maybe i was getting in at a time where it, it it was it wasn't so good for the actor um wasn't sure what you know what was going to happen with the the movie business in general and all that but but i think with house of cards the show house of cards it was a tyler or not tyler uh kevin spacey yeah show on netflix and it was the first show 
to just dump all the episodes at once streaming style. And that, that just absolutely transformed the entire world. Um, and so there's so many opportunities for actors. So I, I do think it helps, but, uh, you know, it's still hard to get a job. Even with, with the amount of jobs out there, there's a lot of competition and, and they're still looking for the best that they can find. But, um, I, I do like that there's, there's work in five minute formats doing sketch comedy to, you know, epic movies. So there's an end with the digital age. It's a lot easier for young filmmakers, uh, or people who don't have that crazy budget to go and make their own stuff. And uh, I've done a little bit of that myself and nothing that was sold or, or, or even meant to be sold, but just getting out there and working with friends, being creative and finishing something like I referred to earlier um, was just some of the best lessons I've had. And uh, for instance, when we, 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 we shot our own web series and feature length web series. So a hundred and or like shooting a, a full film. And uh, we interviewed people like line producers. And I had no idea what a line producer did at that time. We're sitting there in an interview and I'm just kind of trying to fake it till I make it. <laughs> and it was amazing how simply knowing what everybody's purpose was, you know, what the editor has to do, what the line producer has to do, what the first AD has to do somehow makes you better at your craft within that machine. And I became a better actor from just making the project. And I, I think it's kind of obvious, like it makes sense that that would be the case. But uh, sometimes it's hard to re understand how uh, just learning, you know, what the point of that person is can make me better at my job. So I, I encourage as many people, especially if they're, aspiring actors or just anybody who needs to be creative, like get out there. It's possible now to, to make things, uh, especially movies and films that, that weren't impossible before when you were paying for film and crazy camera prices and stuff like that. My guest is uh, actor Brad Benedict, who plays Kyle Flint in the uh, Tyler Perry political drama series, The Oval, Tuesdays at, is it still Tuesdays at 9, 9 p.m.? Eastern? Tuesdays at 9 p.m., yes, sir. On uh, BET. And, uh, Brad, um, I, I, I don't want to make this all about Tyler Perry, but does he just bust into Medea when you're hanging out with him? <laughs> I get that question. I get that question a lot. I bet you lot. do. And uh, I, I, one time uh, some of the crew members for his birthday all came in with wigs on and, and kind of teasing him, <laughs> but... Uh, he will come he in and say hello. <laughs> yeah, hello. He, uh, he doesn't show up to our sets like that yet. We all are waiting for that to happen. But I did hear <laughs> hilarious stories about when he's shooting Medea because he's directing those films as well. So uh, he's forced to be in his hair and makeup in his big costume while he's being Tyler directing, and then he goes straight into the character. And uh, people just say it's it's just some of the the most fun they've ever had on set shooting those movies. So hopefully I get a chance to see it someday. So uh, with the Oval, um, the uh, third season yes. will start when? That is a question I do not have the answer to. Oh, okay. but, um, you said the, the finale. The, better, for, so the, the season, season finale two. is coming up Tuesday. 
Yes, season finale, uh, season two finale is coming up Tuesday, and uh, we have already shot all of season three, but we we haven't been told when that's going to start airing yet. But I imagine, I would imagine it'll be before the end of the year, and uh, hopefully we'll be getting back to work before too long with season four. Because uh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do this as long as they keep calling us back. It's just a blast. It's a lot of fun. More with actor Brad Benedict from The Oval. Straight ahead.
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Cloth or disposable? Paint or wallpaper? Yellow or green? Babies come with lots of decisions. Crib or bassinet? Rocker or glider? So when it comes to protection against diseases, go with the safest, most effective choice. Vaccination. To protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases like measles, meningitis, and whooping cough. That's why nearly all parents choose it. Stroller or carriage, basketball or soccer. So get all the recommended vaccinations for your baby by age two. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. Justin or Justine. Immunizations help give you the power to protect your baby. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hey, why are we stopping? We're going to be late for the show. Mom, Dad, we got to get gas. Not here, you're not. This place is charging an arm and a leg. Look, these days, price swings of 30 or 40 cents per gallon aren't unusual. But when a gas station charges a price way above the price at similar stations, that could be gas gouging. Michigan gas stations sell the correct quality and quantity of gas most of the time. But when a station does try to illegally take advantage of drivers, my office is here to stop them. Stop Attorney General and we got a concert to get to! I hope she doesn't sit next to us. Narc. This is Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
If you have information about potential gas gouging, call my office or go online at michigan.gov slash AG. Put those away. We're at a gas station. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with actor Brad Benedict from The Oval straight ahead. Now, I, I don't have access to be able to stream and catch up like I had hoped, but I have seen, um, I think, three episodes or something, and it really is a fun show, and I'm looking forward to binging it when I can get it in the right place. Um, but, <laughs> Appreciate uh, that. But I'm, I'm, you know, rooting for you that this is one of those things that runs for seven, eight, ten seasons, um, but what other things do you have going, uh, Brad? What what else is in the works for Brad Benedict? Uh, well, we talked about, obviously, the, the shark stuff a little bit earlier. And, and for anybody listening, if they want to check it out, the first series for Shark Week, um, it was always a dream of mine to be on Shark Week. And, and, I, and I lived on a boat in the Bahamas last November, December for two months and competed for a spot on a on a shark research team and uh, that's streaming six episodes on discovery plus if anybody wants to check it out called shark Academy. Um, You know, so I I do, I'm planning on getting into some classes just for myself, uh, marine biology or uh, fisheries classes or something just to kind of slowly expand that. I want to get in my master diver accreditation uh, for scuba diving. So that's, that's just another personal project that I want to, accomplish and I don't know where it'll take me but I think it takes a hundred dives and a few certs and so that's that's something that's on the list but uh yeah so I'm at the uh I'm I'm waiting you know or or auditioning for the next job I I shot my favorite or my biggest film uh that I've ever done and and my favorite script I think of any feature uh, called a jazz man's blues and I shot that right after we shot season three of the oval I think it was April, May to into the early parts of June, or maybe I got that slightly wrong, uh, May, June, July. And that's another film, uh, Tyler Perry film that'll be dropping straight to Netflix, but this thing is special. It's, uh, it's, it's that's first script that Tyler stuff. Perry ever wrote. Yeah, that's, that's what they say. Um, and it seems like it was his absolute baby because I've never seen Tyler act the way he was when he was directing this film. He was just so giddy, you know, every night he, he would want to, you know, get excited about what we shot that day and share some clips. And, um, it was just really cool to, to see him, his interest peaked again. He even said like, it's tough to get him excited now. He's, he's seen so much and done so much and he was truly excited. It's a movie. I play uh, a sheriff in the 1940s and, and the movie is set in the 40s and the 80s, and it's kind of a love story with a murder mystery built in, and and definitely it covers kind of some of the social uh, social traumas and and difficulties of the time, and um, it's really exciting. A jazz man's blues, and then that that jazz kind of. Uh, what's the the word for it? The, the the jazz music is a character in the movie as well. And I always love that where there's a location or part of the movie that feels like it's, 
it's living with it. And uh, so um, I cannot wait for that one to come out. So got that going on. Um, and beyond that, I'm not really sure. I got a got a, a a personal trip coming up to see my family in October, and I'm just that that always gets me refreshed. And there's been rumblings that we might shoot the the oval at the end of this year, and so I'm just waiting for that call and uh, trying to get out and in nature as much as possible. I got a birthday coming up this weekend. I'm going to Joshua Tree with some friends just to take in the stars, have a campfire, and celebrate another year on this earth it was a good one and um yeah just kind of excited to see what what's coming up next well brad i really appreciate you spending this time with me and um and i wish you uh, all the best luck with the oval and and everything else and while you're out camping i hope you don't get eaten by a bear um <laughs> but 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 brad i i it's it, we're just pretty much out of time but i always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work past present and future um again uh Brad Benedict plays Kyle Flint on the uh, political drama series The Oval. Um, do you have a website, Brad? I don't have a personal website, which is probably crazy in this day and age, but uh, I'm working on that. But I, I do uh, like to communicate or, or reach out to fans on, on Instagram. That's probably the best place, uh, at Brad Benedict. I'm just, just my name is my handle. And... Um, and yeah, usually I'll, I'll post updates there, or, or if you have a, a DM that that I can respond to, I'll do that as well. So get in touch and tell me what you want to see me doing next, and I'll make it happen. All right. <laughs> well, Brad, thanks, uh, thanks again, and keep up the good work. Absolutely. It was a pleasure, Tom. Thank you. All right. Take care. Once again, uh, Brad Benedict, who plays um, Kyle Flint in the uh, BET political drama series, The Oval. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. What's, what's the matter? All right, all right. Blanche, Blanche. I'm putting a ribbon in my hair. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I just thought I'd like to look nice this morning. Why? I knew you'd forget. You don't even know what day this is. I do, too. It's rent day. It is not. Today happens to be our wedding anniversary. Well, I knew it was a sad occasion of some kind. What kind of a remark is that? That's supposed to be funny. No, it isn't supposed to be funny, Blanche. I'm just groggy, that's all. I'm sorry. I knew you'd forget. I didn't forget it. So why didn't you say something? Blanche, I just opened my eyes. You forgot it. I tell you, I didn't forget it. But even if I did, you'd remind me of it. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Is that all? No plans? We've been married eight years. Don't you want to do something? No, it's too late to do anything. It's sad about you. How you suffer. I didn't get such a bargain, you know. Okay, okay. There's better fish in the ocean than the one I caught. There's better bait, too. I'm serious. Okay, I'm sorry. You hack away at me in the morning and I'm so exhausted, I don't know what I'm saying. 
You wouldn't be so exhausted if you went to bed at a reasonable hour. I had to work overtime. Pour me some coffee. Get paid? I'll get paid. What time did you get home? 12.30. If you got home at 12.30, why were you so long getting into bed? I know for a fact you didn't come to bed until almost 2. I was in the kitchen putting the stuff away. What stuff? What's the matter, Blanche? You told me to bring stuff home for the party tonight. You invited a lot of your crumb friends and you told me to bring stuff, so I brought stuff. Did you bring the potatoes for the potato salad? I brought potatoes. Did you pair them? I paired them. All of them? All except one. He had a big knob on top and I couldn't find a mate for him. I meant... I know what you meant, Blanche. I even boiled them last night. Where are my pants? Who stole my pants? Nobody stole your pants. I just looked in the wastebasket and they're not there. My shoes are missing from the sink. Don't be silly, John. Your pants are on a hanger in the closet and your shoes are in the shoe rack. How'd they get there? I put them there. Well, I wish you'd quit throwing my things around like that. (laughs) Gotta get them or I'll be late. You won't be late. Here are your pants. Thanks. Blanche, these aren't my pants. They're not? Then whose pants are they? That's a good question, only I should be asking. Don't be so snug. They were baggy, so I pressed them. Baggy? Took me an hour to find the right crease. Be careful you don't wrinkle them now. What's the difference? I like my pants to look lived in. You're dragging the tops on the floor. Hold your trouser leg with your left hand, then step in with your right foot. Blanche, I've been putting on my own pants for over 40 years, and I don't need you to be the foreman of it. Which one? It doesn't matter. I want to use it for a belt. My suspenders are broken. Why don't you wear your belt? I'm using it to keep the soles from falling off my shoes. John Fitterson, you know you're just... I know it. I know I haven't got a belt. Where's my shirt? Where did you hide my shirt? I didn't hide it anywhere. Well, where is it? I draped it around the canary's cage so he could sleep. Is my shirt the only rag you could find to cover the bird's cage with? Hasn't hurt anything, has it? No, but I don't like the way that bird pokes into my pockets. Every time I take a cigarette out, I'm smoking bird seed. Why do you have to cover the cage anyway? The canary is sensitive to light. Well, get him a pair of sunglasses. Leave my shirt alone. No bird's going to sleep later than I do. Ah, shut up. John, why must you be so mean on our anniversary? Blanche, I'm not mean. I'm worried. Business is bad. My job is hanging by a thread. You never should have quit your other job. You made me quit. You said it wasn't dignified selling bowling balls. You were embarrassed to answer when people asked you what your husband sold. Well, it sounded like it was trying to start a fight. That's no problem for you. I gotta go. Here, and don't forget your samples. I won't forget. This darn vacuum cleaner gets heavier every day. Straighten this hose around my neck, will you, Blanche? There, there. Now, got everything? I think so. No, wait a minute. You got any money? Well, there's 50 cents in the sugar bowl. 50 cents? You can bring me the change when you come home. Now listen, Blanche, something's got to be done about this. I can't go down to work like a pauper every day. A man's got to have a couple dollars in his pocket. Now don't yell at me. I don't mind going with torn clothes and holes in my socks, but I'm not going to suffer through those lunches anymore. What's the matter with your lunches? You ought to know. You pack them for me. I'm just getting sick of carrying my lunch to work in a paper sack. Why can't I go to the restaurant like the other fellas? John, what are you talking about? I haven't fixed your lunch for two years. Oh, Blanche, every morning of my life I find my lunch wrapped in brown paper on the side of the sink. John, that's the garbage. Goodbye, Blanche. Goodbye, dear. Happy anniversary. Tom 
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show Oh yeah Hi, I'm Alexander Zonjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 